0: Hello everybody, welcome in to the NBA front office show, I'm Trevor Lane from LakersNation.com We've got an exciting show today, the buyout market winding down, a lot to break down there Plus, we're going to take a peek ahead at what could be coming up and what's going to be a really eventful offseason in the NBA Joining me as always is Keith Smith from Real GM, Yahoo, Celtics blog, all over the place and always filling your salary cap needs Keith, how are you doing man? I'm
1: doing good, man. Yeah, we both had time to get a haircut. That's right. right, the trade deadline is behind us, and we're we're ready to go. Yeah, uh, buyout season. We're recording this on Friday. So today is the uh, the the very complicated name yes. the playoff waiver eligibility deadline. Um, so so it's uh it, today's the day if, if players are on a roster today and they're not waived by eleven fifty nine p.m. Eastern tonight, uh, they will not be playoff eligible. That does not include ten day players. They work under a different set of rules. Their contracts just end. They don't get waived at the end. But yeah, so we're we're coming right down to it now. Uh, so you know we'll, we'll probably get a couple more. We've had a lot more guys. The big names went early: Mm -hmm. Andre Drummond, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin. But but we're starting to get some of the uh, some of a bunch of smaller names. Some of the teams that are yeah let's just say headed in a slightly different direction (laughs) for the rest of the season they're uh, clearing out some of those guys who aren't part of the future and they're going to start that diamond mining process so yeah we got all sorts of stuff still going on transactionally in the nba for at least uh, a couple more days if not longer well
0: that means for a lot of players in the nba it is still a very very stressful time as they're trying to find a home and let me tell you something that really helps with stress and that's theragun like that transition there gosh i'm good (laughs) Theragun is uh, the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat muscle tension from working out, injury, or the stress of daily life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen I use the Theragun all the time. It is a lifesaver. Helps me out a ton. Uh, Especially when I've been trying to get my legs back in shape. So I've been going on runs and things like that. Not very long runs, but, but runs. And, uh, look, I, I can't tell you how much Theragun helps just to loosen everything up and, and help your muscles feel a lot better. And Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and of course, you know, me. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash office right now to get your Gen 4 Theragun today. theragun.com slash office, theragun.com slash office. All right, so Keith, let's let's dive into it. Now that we've talked a little bit about about relieving some of that stress and relaxing muscle tension that that can build up, no question, during this crazy time of year. But now we're looking at the the conclusion here of the buyout market and moving forward. So you mentioned that there's been a few names that have been popping up. I know one that you and I were talking about before we came on air here was Kem Birch, somebody that you're pretty familiar with. What are your thoughts on him? I was a little bit surprised that, that he popped free there.
1: Yeah, I was too. I thought Orlando, when they didn't trade him, was committed to our we're going to keep him for the rest of the year. Mo Bamba has had trouble staying healthy um to, to, to this point in his career Wendell Carter jr not exactly a picture of health either uh but the magic clearly feel like all right we're gonna get through with those two guys playing all the minutes they can Birch is a guy that that if he was still on the roster Steve Clifford's gonna play him and play him probably a lot. So this is just clearing that out, uh, making it easy that this is the the old money ball, right? You can't play Carlos Pena tonight. Um, <laughs> you know why? Cuz he's you know, he's been traded. Um so that's kind of kind of the situation. I really thought the Magic should have got a pick for Birch. I really thought they could have got at least a second rounder for him. Um it sounds like he wants to go to the Toronto Raptors. He is a Canadian. A born player so even though the raptors aren't in canada might want to go there they need front court help uh, pretty badly um he could really help them it is you know crazy as it sounds too they're not uh they're still not dead in the water in the uh, eastern conference playing race They're i think they're only like yeah. three games out i'm pulling it up right now should have been better prepared but yeah but but I posited while I pull up the standings here that somebody should have claimed Birch, you know, or should still claim Birch because he's still Mm -hmm. on waivers uh, through the end of the day today. So that, that was my thought was, you know, a team could claim him a team like Philadelphia because you can use a trade exception to claim a player. I'm off of waivers, and I think he could really help Philly. I think he's actually better than Dwight Howard. Um, you know, So that, that, that would be a direction I would go. But it sounds like if he gets through, he's going to go to Toronto. And I just pulled it up. There are only three games behind the Bulls uh, for that final spot in the Eastern Conference play-in. So not completely no, out of it. The but time's you know, running that out, It doesn't too. look great either.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's the challenge there. But, but look, uh, just to compare apples to apples here, like the, the Kings, I know they only gave him a 10-day contract, but they just picked up Damian Jones who Lakers fans are pretty familiar with. Would you rather have Damian Jones or Ken Birch?
1: I'd rather have Ken Birch. I think he's a better defender. I think he's a better rebounder. Um, offensively he does have some ability to slide over and play the four uh, with the Kings he would have been you know, predominantly a, a backup five I imagine there um, behind Rashawn Holmes I actually like him better than I like Kassam Whiteside or, or mm-hmm. Jones so yeah there's a lot of teams that I think he could help but this might be one too where teams are looking at and saying no, for a backup let's just let this guy go where he wants to be True. and it sounds like Toronto's where he wants to be so let's let him go to where he's going to be
0: happy. Right yeah If that's and if that's a factor there sometimes you you can build a little bit of goodwill with the agent and things agent. like that so there are those other factors that a lot of times you know fans don't consider when they're looking at, at stuff like yeah. this but uh the, the bio market in general what are your thoughts on how everything played out i mean we saw andre drummond wind up with the lakers we saw a few other players land in, in some other spots obviously the nets pick up Lamarcus aldridge after getting blake griffin a lot of people kind of up in arms about that uh what are your thoughts about how everything shook out in this bio market
1: yeah, in general, I, I don't – this isn't something to get overly worked up yeah. about, I, I don't think. I I know people are screaming and yelling about it when it feels like this happens every single year. Of, you know, the rich get richer and all these players. But I thought Blake Griffin put it really, really well when Blake Griffin was like – for two years, people have been saying, I suck and I'm washed up. And now, you know, now all of a sudden I go to the nets and it's a huge problem. And, and I think, I think he, he makes a really good point there. I think he's got, you know, uh, you know, is, um, you know, saying something really smart with that. Uh, Aldridge, you know, Drummond, they're going to help those teams for sure. Um, but I think, you know, those are guys that. They won't play huge roles if those teams uh, may make big runs. Maybe Drummond will because they haven't really gotten what they hope for out of Marcus All. So I think Drummond is has a chance there. But you know Drummond's a seven foot guy who's shooting, you know, like 45% or right. whatever it is, you know, from the field. So that's, you know, that's kind of a problem too. And he does not – it's not because he takes a bunch of three-pointers. So I, I just – um, you know, I think he gets a little overblown. But I think, you know, I think all these guys will help some. You know, if nothing else, it's good to have depth. Um, at those positions I think oddly enough the guy who may end up being one of the better bio additions might be Jeff Teague who went to the Milwaukee mm-hmm. Bucks uh, after they uh, did their their maneuvering to get PJ Tucker their, their guard depth was kind of sapped there and I think Teague's going to help them he knows uh, Bdenholzer's system knows what he wants out of it he was starting to play a little bit better with Boston before he was traded there so so yeah the, it's I, I don't think any of these guys are going to swing the title odds um one way or another if, if you know I you know my my feeling I like the Lakers before they got Drummond I don't really like them less with Drummond It's you know to me that whole story is about Davis and James and you know if they're they're not fully healthy then yeah they call it anyway um but yeah it's it's the yeah, overall i I think you know the these guys are gonna help the teams that they're going to. Where they were buyouts or straight waivers, but I just don't know that there was any kind of move that you know really swings the title odds, you know, one way or the well, other.
0: Well the the question for the Lakers with Drummond was always is he is he better than Marcus Saul Does he give you a little bit more bit more mobility on the defensive end, different style of player to turn to when if and when you need him? And I think the answer is yes there. So yeah. in terms of Frank Vogel uh, getting to, to target a different skill set there in the middle, I think that's where it could help. I'm not saying Andre Drummond is an all world player or anything like that, but he gives no. him a different look to throw out there. I would I'll say, though, I do have some issue with what Blake Griffin was saying, because I think that it's not necessarily so much that people thought he sucks or he's terrible, even though we did see that take out there. But what that is to me is more a symptom of people taking a look at his contract and applying that to his play on the floor and confusing the two things, because we see that so often where a player who's making twenty eight million dollars or whatever is going to be expected to do certain things on the floor. And if they aren't doing Mm -hmm. those things, then, oh, they suck. They're terrible. However, if that player was making $5 million, they'd be seen in a very, very different light and people would be excited about them. And so that's where there's an understanding that, hey, Blake Griffin at his current salary, where he was at with Detroit, is not worth it and is a terrible player to have on your roster because he's chewing up so much cap space. On a veteran minimum, it's very, very different. I think that's where people are... Are upset. They're like they just landed this talented player on a veteran minimum. Sure. Uh, so that's where where things fall. But I'll, I'll tell you this, Keith. I've also seen people trying to twist this into a small market versus big market thing, and it makes no sense at all. It's not yeah. a big market versus small small market situation. If you are to me, if you're a player who is bought out, you can correct me if I'm wrong here from what you've heard from players. But if you're a player who's bought out, you don't care so much about the market size, you're going to be there for a few months and then you're going to be a free agent yes. and you're going to be looking for your next contract. So you care about, can I win? And can I prove that I still have something? So I get a bigger deal on my contract in a few months. And that's what you care about. I don't think they, that the market size matters so much.
1: No, it's a, it's a good good team versus yeah. bad team issue really is what a comes down to. So let's use Andre Drummond as an example here, right? Because there was some oh of course he went to the Lakers and you know the Lakers get everybody and blah, 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 blah. Well all the Lakers could offer him was a rest of the season minimum contract, which every single in the team team in the league could have offered him that same exact contract. So let's get that out of the way first. Um so they didn't offer him any more money. Um what they did offer him was you're gonna play and play a lot because we need Need a yep. big man, right? We we need a a five here, you know, at least now, you know, in the in the immediate. Uh, the other thing they offered him is you're going to have a chance to win here, right? Because you know, assuming James and Davis are healthy, they're finals contenders. So those are the things that the players prioritize, right? If they could go somewhere and get five million because the team has a leftover exception or something like that that changes things just sure. a little bit, right? Because, you know, sometimes guys will take a lot of money um, over necessary opportunity. But it's really about opportunity uh, more than anything else and the chance to win. Because the Lakers have no benefit to uh, re-signing Andre Drummond now. Did they, they, uh, Even his non-Bird rights, don't apply here because he's on a minimum contract, so that doesn't really mean right. anything for them. Um, there's nothing meaningful there. Um, they if they were going to re-sign him using the you know uh, mid-level exception, well, they could do that anyway. That that's not a, not a thing. So yeah, so it's about I want to win, I want to play in big games, I want to prove that you know I'm still you know valuable, and if I get a championship along the way, great. You know, and if if not, at least hopefully I show people for that next deal yo, know, well what i'm what i'm looking like it's the this is um a very different situation than when a small market player forces his way to a big yes. market via trade because that ch- that changes all the dynamics you know in a big big way but for the most part with these types of situations it's just about winning you know this year you know i get it brooklyn the la team's they're winning, right. right? So of course they're going to get get these guys. But in past years, we've seen teams, you know that that aren't, you know, uh, you know in the in the you know biggest markets in the league get guys on the bio market. The Thunder used to get sure. guys on the bio market when they had Durant and Westbrook. That that was the thing that they did a handful of times. So yeah, I, I don't that one I don't buy in the slightest bit because because you, to your point, the best point you made, I think of the whole thing was. You're talking about a few months. These guys aren't picking a long-term home here.
0: Yeah, exactly. And like you said, Oklahoma City was getting guys, and you know, you know what a what a draw Oklahoma City is. How many people are just dying to get to OKC to go to go play basketball there? But uh, yeah, it, it just it makes no no sense why that argument is even coming up. But uh, you know what? Looking at another guy, another I guess former Laker for a little bit anyway. You know him a little bit better though, Isaiah Thomas, back in the NBA, yeah. I'm, and I'm happy for him. I'm glad to see that, but what do, you, what do you think about that whole situation? We've been hearing for a while, I, I tease back, he's finally in shape again. He's, he's been saying, of course, we hear stuff like that a lot for guys, from guys who want to get back in the league, but here he is, he's got his shot. What are your thoughts on that situation?
1: Yeah, I, I think one of the best things that happened when he played that first game, afterwards when he said, I feel great, I feel like I could play another 20 minutes mm-hmm. or whatever, and then he said, I don't even need to ice my hip. Like, to me, that says everything you need to know, right? Like, he, you know, with the problems he had after leaving Boston, he just was not the same right. guy. Now, he's still not the same guy because he's now, you know, he's 30 years old. He's a smaller guard, all those things. But but he can still do some things. He can still get his spots on the floor, get some shots up. He's not shooting it great, but that, that can be one of those things where that comes with rhythm. You know, in time and those kind of things Because this is just such a, even for a guy like him Who's just catching on Um, You know, with the team, like he hasn't been playing At NBA right. level games, of course So, yeah, I, I'm, you know Psyched he's back in the league, I hope he sticks um, Or I hope he shows enough uh, With this stint with the Pelicans That uh, either they keep him or another team Says, you know what, hey, we, we now have A need for a scoring guard off the bench And, you know, come, come here and help us out Because, yeah, I'm happy to see that And, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, yep. same thing right. He's, you know, with the Clippers, I, uh, I'm sure you're hoping he, uh, you know, does really well and scores a whole bunch. and looks really great as the Clippers lose. All That's exactly
0: games. what um, I put out there on Twitter, Keith. As soon as he yeah. signed, I said, I hope Boogie does phenomenal. I want to see him resuscitate his career. I want to see everything go great for him. And he loses a bunch of games. <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> But, but right, but th- these are the guys I root for, right? These guys who they, they keep working at it. They mm-hmm. they keep going hard and all those things. And, I, had, you know, Celtics fans for a while were, you know, why are we not getting anybody? Yeah. Why are we not going to get DeMarcus Cousins? You know, what's going on with that? And my thing is, unless Cousins was really lining up to pick that clipper spot, that says to me dude, nobody necessarily really wanted him, right? It's because he's been a free agent for a long, long mm-hmm. time. And you're right, and he got a 10-day. Right. Compare that to a guy like Gorgie Jang got bought out, got signed for the rest of the season uh, with the San Antonio Spurs and actually got a nice uh, little chunk of change. He got about a million dollars. Um, so actually did pay him more than just the minimum or, or even Dwayne Dedman who signed just this week right. with the Miami heat was immediately signed for the rest of the season. Hasn't played all year long. Um, so th- those are the guys where to me that says cousins is much more in a, you got to prove it. Um, phase. Uh, right now and for the clippers they're looking at it my guess is from a standpoint of all right we just we still get to dance around this hard cap issue we want to make sure before we commit for the rest of the year that you're really going to be able to be here make it through and a good fit with the team so it wouldn't surprise me if that's how this goes down and they they do sign them for the rest of the year because the money doesn't change in that case but but yeah but that that you know says to me that you're not you're not immediately committing to this guy for the remainder of the season.
0: So, you mentioned Gorgie Jang. So, LaMarcus Aldridge out from San Antonio, Gorgie Jang in. In your mind, is that a net negative move? Is that a net positive I mean, what are what are your thoughts here on on that swap?
1: Yeah, it's probably uh, about a neutral Um, It's a pretty good downgrade offensively Mm -hmm. because Aldridge is shown with the Nats. You can still throw him the ball and expect him to get, get a pretty good shot. Um, at times I I think I even said in, you know, one of our uh, prior episodes, he can still function as a hub on a second yeah. unit where you could run the offense through him, and uh, you know, we're really um you know watch him do some stuff. Uh, interesting today, just on the side while we're talking about Aldridge, because I don't want to forget about it. Uh, there was news uh, that that it broke that maybe the Nets could consider um, a bio for DeAndre Jordan, and uh, that that was squashed today, and they were like, absolutely not, we're we're not doing mm-hmm. that. But but just kind of give you a sense of where things are at for them. You know, big man wise, uh, Jordan hasn't been playing for them uh, over the last uh, about week and a half, two weeks. Um, he's really kind of taking a backseat um, there because they're they're play- they're starting and playing Aldridge um, a good amount, and then they're making sure Nick Claxton still plays. they when they go small, they're running Griffin and Green at the five, and then you've got Durant coming back. So I think DeAndre Jordan's time in Brooklyn is as a you know functional major piece of their rotation is out. But yeah, um, to go back to your original question. I think Jeng's a much better defensive player. Yeah, um, he gives them a little bit of shot blocking off the bench behind Jakob Pertl and those kind of things. But boy, that Spurs team—they they really slipped in the standings. Now they're they're behind Memphis. Um, they're they're now in the playing range versus kind of pushing uh, closer to the six seed. So I think they'll still get there because they, they've got a pretty good uh, uh, lead on the teams behind them. But but yeah, it's it's um, you know things have changed for them. Uh, from where they were even you know a month or so ago.
0: Yeah, they are definitely. It felt like they were overachieving for a bit, and now they've kind of fallen back to earth, and so we're yeah. seeing them slip in the standings. And, of course, losing LaMarcus Aldridge, that doesn't help, uh, particularly when their offense starts starts to sputter. Like you said, he's a guy that you can throw the ball to. Uh, you did mention DeAndre Jordan and that, that whole situation there. I'm actually pleasantly surprised because I thought when they brought in Aldridge, I went, oh, man. Nick Claxton is going to lose minutes, right? Because you're not going to bench yep. KD's best buddy, DeAndre Jordan. Um, but here we are. And, and now it looks like DeAndre Jordan is kind of the odd man out. So it'll be interesting to see if he winds up on the market this offseason, if he winds up being somebody that uh, that goes somewhere else. Uh, another, another I wouldn't new... be surprised,
1: sorry, with Jordan, if when all the major guys are back and they mm-hmm. finally do start playing together, Durant, Irving, and Harden, if they – jay transition back to deandre jordan as somebody who can at least still provide a little bit of deterrence at the rim a little bit of rebounding if they go that direction i think right now they it sounds weird saying this because they're the nets but they need the offense that aldridge and claxton provide so it wouldn't be surprising if they go back to jordan when everybody's healthy
0: yeah i could see that I could certainly see that. So, and that may be what they're telling him. Like the, similar to what the Lakers are doing right now with Marcus Gasol, they're telling him, "Hey, we've got to get DeAndre Jordan or DeAndre, uh, Andre Drummond. Uh, we got to get him." <laughs> you know how many acclimated- times
1: I've called him DeAndre Drummond in my life. I've done it a few times I, I in the last few that.
0: weeks as well, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know they they've been going to Marcus Sullivan saying, "Hey, you're a huge part of our team. You're not playing right now. We're getting Drummond, you know, acclimated and everything, but we're, you're still a big part of us moving forward." I think that's probably a similar path that we're going to see DeAndre Jordan take, where they're going to be be trying to make sure that he knows that he's still part of this and that they may call on him here in the future. But um I, another addition that I want to get into before we start looking ahead to the future. Uh the Lakers just picked up Ben McLemore. Uh was bought out and uh by the Houston Rockets. The Lakers needed a little bit of shooting. I know they were looking for a little bit more size on the wing. McLemore does not give them that at just 6'3", but what are your thoughts on on landing him? Can he be a bit of a floor spacer which is what they've been looking for?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I and I you know, there's one he's, he hasn't had a great year no. this year, but I think that's been You know, it's, again, weird season, plus his role has been all over the place. He hasn't played consistently, um, you know, or saw consistent playing time, I guess, is the better way to put that. So, yeah, I think he absolutely can. He's a guy who one thing he's done well in his NBA career is shoot the ball. Um, And I think I think that's one that'll look better when LeBron is back and you can play him in lineups right. with LeBron, and he's just running open spaces on the floor. Uh, you know, he kind of becomes almost your replace, your Quinn Cook replacement, right, of, hey, we, we need somebody who can get some shots up, open up the floor a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays some, you know, good amount of his minutes with James and Davis and really is, you know, it's focused on, our right, got to spread this thing out. Um, teams have had – decent success throwing zones at the lakers at times if they've got the right guys and i think macklemore is somebody you can have out there because he can be function as a zone buster um so yeah i I don't i don't think he's going to be a huge part of the rotation because i think caldwell pope offers you more Mm two-way ability um he can play on both ends and i think matthews what you can almost see there is if Matthews shot isn't going down, and you need some offense, you play Mclemore. If you need defense, you play Matthews. But but it's you know it's a good addition, especially since it really costs them next to nothing.
0: Well, and I, I don't know if you saw, but in the Lakers lost to the Heat uh, last night, they were down so many players. I mean, it was you know LeBron, yeah. Anthony Davis, Kyle Kuzma, Taylor Horton Tucker, and then Alex Caruso got hurt, and so Ben Mclemore was. Pretty much, it just showed up. They they kind of just gone over a few <laughs> things with him, like, hey, you know. here's the basic idea of our offense. Here's the basic idea of our defense. And oh, you're in, <laughs> go, yeah, <Good> luck. <laughs> and they threw him out there. His <laughs> his first three, he missed it by about three feet. Uh, but but otherwise, he did a few a few decent things out there. And so we'll keep an eye on him and see what he can do in terms of uh, just being that floor spacer. Again, you mentioned he hasn't shot well this season, but I do wonder how much of that is just the Rockets have been kind of a dumpster fire this year. So maybe that's yeah. part of that.
1: Yeah. And I think for shooters, the most important thing remains playing regularly, right? Mm-hmm. That that they're part of a rotation. Uh, it can be really hard on a shooter when it's, you know, Hey, go in there and make shots for us. And it's like the guys, you know, he's played 10 minutes over the last two weeks. You know, that, that that's not um you know a role that that guys necessarily want to be in a couple of other things i wanted to mention mm-hmm. just um teams to kind of keep an eye on now uh oklahoma city has kind of started the the process of they're going to cycle through through some people um here they 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 let go of um a uh, couple guys on waivers justin jackson i uh, was let go they they uh, promoted Moses brown off of his two-way uh so they brought in jalen horde and justin robinson um, they're playing a lot just because Oklahoma City is down a lot of people right now with injuries. Um, and now Horford, of course, being shut down yes. for the season for them. But then they, they uh, just uh, yesterday released Darius Miller. Um, so he's now gone. Um, and they're going to bring in Gabriel Deck, who's a guy I want to say he's about 25 or 26. Um, he's been a player who's played um, for Real, Real Madrid uh, quite a bit over in spain yeah he's 26 uh, just turned 26 so um he's kind of interesting he, he's about uh about six foot six or so um kind of a swing man uh do, do some stuff on the wing he, he'll be uh somebody who can come in but but this is what teams like the thunder should be doing right start cycling through different guys yep. taking a look at them you know, see what it looks like as you bring these players in because uh, the other thing is um yo they're kinda now you want to get a jump on this almost more than anything because there's a bunch of teams in this position. Um, that are gonna do that. That's I think where Orlando is heading is they waived Ken Birch. They they're gonna um, it sounds like they're gonna bring in uh, Dante Hall um for, or Dante Hall from um he played with the Nets at the end of last mm-hmm. season. Athletic big man, take a look at him. Um they they, they signed Devin Kennedy to a uh to a um ten day contract. Uh, Another point guard so they're going to bring in A guy like him there the Warriors Brought in Gary Payton uh, Gary Payton the second that is (laughs) Not (laughs) not his dad Um, that'd be funny um, but yeah, so you're starting to see some of these teams, um, that are with, maybe with an eye on the future, the Rockets claimed to Jeffries after the Kings waved him. So you're going to start to see those kind of things, uh, go on there. So there's just something to keep an eye on with those teams. Um, and, and before anybody, you know, screams and yells of like, who cares? These guys can't play anybody. This is exactly how the Brooklyn Nets Found Spencer Dinwiddie and Joe Harris When they started cycling through guys um, As they were kind of rebuilding that Thing so it's I call it the diamond mining Process you just bring some guys In if they're good great if not let him go and bring in the next guy, and just keep going until you find somebody who's like, "Well, wait a minute, this guy just needed an opportunity, and he finally popped."
0: Sure. I mean, you look at you know what Robert Covington, right? Was was yep. one of those type type of guys. Um, yep. There's a there's a number of players, Christian Wood, uh, that that would kind of fit into into that mold. Where look, the hit rate on a, on these moves is going to be extremely low, but when you yep. do happen to find somebody, when you do find success it's a big, big win because it's costing you nothing. You didn't have to burn a draft pick or anything to do this. So it makes a lot of sense to do it, even understanding that you are going to lose most of these transactions. You're gonna bring in a guy doesn't work you move on you try somebody else and you're going to go through a lot of guys like that but if you eventually hit on somebody maybe you hit on two guys next thing you know you've got some pieces moving forward that um that you found for, not, for nothing and so it's worth making these moves uh, specifically for these teams exactly. that are in this this rebuilding process uh anything else and the worst thing you do worst thing you do
1: is you lose a couple more games mm-hmm. which might actually be for some of these teams the best thing in the end, right? <laughs> right. It's, um, it's not the, these guys are not exactly trying overly hard uh, to win every single game. <laughs> when the players play, they are. Um, players don't tank. Right. As I sure. said this over and over and over again. Um, but yeah, but for the organization, putting some guys out there and taking a look at them. All right. If you didn't didn't pop and we lost, that's not at uh, all going against That's, the end goal, uh, there. So I know you wanted to talk a little bit about Drew
0: Holiday. Yeah, research. yeah. So I, what I want to talk about, we, I know we're going to talk about the coming off season and some teams that have positioned themselves there. But Drew Holiday comes to an extension with the the Milwaukee Bucks, which was expected. They gave up a lot to get him, and so everybody thought, okay, they're gonna, you know, they're they're gonna try to keep him around, and they certainly did. Four year, hundred and sixty million dollar deal, which. I think the Bucks kind of had to do, and I am a big Drew Holiday fan, so I had no problem with that, that contract. I think he's an extremely useful player, especially on a team that has their sights set on an NBA championship. They believe they are the team that could very well come out of, out of the East, and while everybody has their eyes on Brooklyn, and for good reason, I think Milwaukee could definitely make some noise, and it wouldn't surprise me if they were the team left standing when the dust settled. So I like what they did there in keeping him on this, on this four-year deal. But my question is, we've got some point guards that are coming up on the market this offseason. You've got guys like Lonzo Ball. You've got guys like Dennis Schroeder, a few others. What is, in your mind, this Drew Holiday deal do in terms of setting the market for point guards this offseason?
1: Yeah, let's talk too because you, you you did it, man. You you took the agent bait and ran with it. Four years hundred and sixty is the max yep. value of that deal. Um it is really more like a four year hundred and forty million dollar deal. it uh, there's about five million dollars of incentives in there each year that he can reach, but they're probably not overly likely um that he'll get there. So, you know, Drew Holiday plays great. The rest of his career, he's, uh, let me look to make sure. Yeah, he sees now, uh, he'll be 31 in June. Uh, so by the time this season ends. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking, year, your, yo you know, his, uh, so that'll be 31, 32, 33, 34 season is that last year when it's player option? Uh, yeah, 38.5 million right now. I'm very certain he'll pick that up. Um, do, doing a little projecting four years of from now, but, but I feel fairly confident in saying sure. that. Um, yeah, it is, um, it's, it's one of those things where the bucks did what they had to do. So I think that part agents are going to hold that up is look at what drew holiday got. Um, But I think teams are going to say, yeah, that's a different situation. You know, we didn't give up, you know, four first round picks, in swaps and everything else and players and all this other stuff to get them. We're not hopelessly capped out. So we have to resign him Um That, that that'll be how teams will rebalance there. Um, so yeah, but the point guard market, not, not great. Right. This off season, mm-hmm. you got Lonzo, probably the best guy. I'm um, out there. There's a couple other guys who I think are pretty good options, but I don't think are probably going anywhere. So Mike Conley, I think he's probably sticking in yeah. Utah at this point. He re- just recently talked about that too, how you know they, he, him and his family feel really good there, um, and they really like, like it there. Um, we'll see with Dennis Schroeder. They raised an eyebrow a little bit that they couldn't get an extension done. I understand why uh, Schroeder might not have wanted to go that direction. Yeah, um, four, so four yeah. years,
0: eighty between 84, 86 million whatever that max is. That's yeah. what they're rumored to have offered him, and that's what. A yeah. lot of people around the Lakers circles are, I mean, their jaws are dropping right now. Shocked that he would turn that down. They can't believe that there might be more out there. What do you think? Is there? Do you think there really would be more than twenty-one million a year for Schroeder out there on the market?
1: Yeah, it's weird, right? Because so let's get into that part of it too. Because for for that to be there, you have to have a team willing to give him right. Right. So where I think what he can bet on is all right, the rest of this this regular season, I'm kind of the guy, right? Because mm-hmm. who knows when James and Davis are back. And then if I can have a really big playoffs and, you know, lead us, not lead us, but you know what I mean, I'm a big part of us making a finals run and making another title run. Then I think everything starts to change, right? But when you look at the teams that need a point guard um, right now, there's not really not that many, right? Yeah. The league is probably as deep in good point guards as it, is, as, as it has been. I um, in the teams with cap space, other than the Knicks, and I'm not sure that's the direction they want to go. None of the teams really need point guards. so let's go through them. Charlotte, nope, they got Rozier and Graham. Mm-hmm. You know Graham, they'll have to resign. You've got Lamelo, um, who in the end, you know, in the end, is going to be a point guard. Yep. Um, Dallas, nope, Luca is your main guy. Intruders not a great fit, playing with him uh the knicks i talked about all right so the knicks do need a point guard but so maybe is that really the way you want to go with a 28 year old guy with your you know kind of youngish core eh, maybe maybe, maybe the knicks city? of
0: no. the knicks of a year or two ago but yeah, the way the knicks, yeah, the knicks have been behaving this score. year I'd, I'd say no
1: yep uh Oklahoma city no you've got you've got uh shane you've got uh, uh mm-hmm uh, San Antonio, no, they've got guards coming out their ears, and then Toronto, yeah, maybe ish. I'm guessing if Lowry leaves, they're just going to roll with Fred Van Vliet at that position, mm-hmm. and they'll go with more size on the court. So that's to me where it gets a little all right. Then it starts to become all right. Well, sign and trade options and all those kind of things, and we could go through. But that's now you're talking about going through, you know, twenty more teams, right? So that that's where it gets a little interesting. So I don't mind Schroeder saying you know I'm going to bet on myself that I can earn, you know, maybe 25 million a year, um, you know, on the open market and somebody will give me that because they really need me as a point guard. And I can't understand why Lakers, uh, you know, world would be like, what are you doing, man? Like 20 million a year, you know, it's more than you make now. And, and you're going to have a defined role here. Even if they, go somewhere else at the position we will you'll still be you know our sixth man or whatever the case is so yeah that, that's where that one you know it, like i said it was eyebrow raising a little bit uh, huh, he, he didn't do that so yeah but that position not exactly loaded you know with other options so i think that's the other thing right it's kyle lowry's the number one guy that's I think the other now, guy. along with lonzo right those are the two guys that i think everybody's going to kind of be looking at um and then the rest of the guys are all kind of you know okay backup level players um, unless you know somebody really falls in love with Devonte Graham and really wants to throw a bunch of money at him you know all right maybe you could do that but you know lonzo uh i still kind of consider caruso to be more of a ball handler than i do anything else um you know but you know he, he's a one-two, he's you know combo guard off the bench, right. Kind of guy, and you don't even really have that where you look at it and say, well, that guy's more of a two than a one. None of the twos are really you know uh, options to be a one, you know, unless it's a really, really the right fit. So, so I, I get it why you know um, he might be looking at it and saying, hey, I'm going to be one of the best available point guards. It's just we went through it. Who's going to need one?
0: Right. I mean, it only takes one team, so you never know. Yeah. But it just doesn't. There's no clear. Obvious landing spot where you go. This team, this team is lining up to go get Dennis Schroeder. You don't see that now. He has mentioned a bunch. He said, you know, that he really wants to go through the free agency process, and that's something you know he hasn't had an opportunity to do. To me, I can't imagine that would be a big enough draw to let that much money sit there on the table and risk injury between now and then. But that, but that's me. And your experience is that a big enough thing? to just, just, I really want to be courted by other teams and, and go through that whole process to hold off on signing a contract.
1: I would hope not. I mean, <laughs> as much as it feels nice to be right. You know, wanted and flown around the country and wine and dined, uh, Dennis Schroeder's making $16 million a year. I think he can fly himself wherever he wants to to wine and dine. You know, I just, I mean, I get it. I, I get the idea of, you know, I've never been through this process really right because he signed his, mm-hmm. his deal with atlanta um when he was up um right away uh and those kind of things so I, I get it but i just yeah that to me that's not really a thing i i i've never really understood that i've understood the guys who say i'm going to turn it down because i've never been a free agent and i think i can get more yeah uh, christian wood really good example right um you know no, i'm not going to do the dinwiddie Extension here with the Pistons because I know there's more for me out there this summer. So, um, you know, those are the ones that make a lot of sense. The idea of just I want to go through the process. I don't know. I I, I've never really thought of it as that much of an allure to me. I know a lot of players. I know a lot more players. I should phrase it this way. That have been like, it's just a headache. You know, and I don't really – you know, it's not sure. really what I want to do. So, you know, but, I mean, a different guy, right, too. He, he's he's not from here, so maybe he you know, really is interested in seeing other parts of the country and, you know, what they have to offer to live there or something like that. So, you know, I mean, I, I always want to believe these guys when they say something. I just – I don't know. I've never, it just doesn't seem like a, a thing that would be all that big of a deal.
0: No, I agree. I don't think it would be either. Um, but what, what else is out there when we're looking at what's coming up for, for this off season, what else do you foresee happening now that the dust has settled a bit on the buyout market? We've got a better sense of who's got cap room, yep. but we also know there's not going to be a whole lot of top, Tier free agents to spend it on i guess maybe we should start here there's a rumor that i that has been going around a little bit last couple of days that the miami heat could be a landing spot for Kawhi leonard while also mentioning that it's still unlikely that that he leaves (laughs) the clippers um that would probably i mean that would be the biggest shock right if 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 we if that were to happen other than that i don't see a whole lot of just major earth shattering moves out there
1: No, I don't either. Um, You know, it it really isn't a very good free agent class. Kawhi, clearly the best guy. And then after that, it's either older veterans like the Kyle Lowry type, Mm. or it's restricted free agents like Lonzo Ball, John Collins, um, and other guys like that. So it's a little bit of a weird class. I do think there's a lot of um, value in there I think there's a lot of guys who are pretty good uh, you know if they're your fourth to eighth best player you're in really good shape guys like Kevin Fournier, Andre Drummond um, you know Blake Griffin at this point in his career guys like that there's a whole lot of guys like that on the market um, so I think that's where the value comes in but what I think was interesting was as we saw the um, trade deadline develop and now coming out of it on the back side what you had was teams like Dallas, Miami, um, the Knicks to some extent, Mm -hmm. they were all keeping their cap space um, dry, keeping their powder dry so they could make runs at Giannis, right? We knew that. We, right. we all saw that writing on the wall. Then it was, all right, well, if not Giannis, maybe this guy, You know, maybe this restricted free agent. And then all those guys started signing contract extensions. And the next thing you know, it's like, this is where we're at now. We've got all the space. Well, Let's spend forgotten. it on Lonzo. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you've got that part of it. Right. Or what gets forgotten is you, that can help facilitate trades that you wouldn't be able to make otherwise. Right, so I look at a team like the Knicks with 53 million in cap space. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't go off and do something where they sign free agents, that's a lot of money where you could go take on a player via trade that you wouldn't be able to get otherwise. You know, you could go trade for a $30 million player that, you know, another team has to send contracts back and all this other stuff and the Knicks could be like, Hey, you want to do the whole thing Boston did and create a giant trade exception and all this other stuff. Like let's go. Cause we've got this. So, so just to get, give a little bit of a picture in um, some teams made some interesting moves that, that take them now for me in a different direction uh, at the deadline, but you've got the knit. I project the Knicks with 53.2 million to have the most the thunder right behind them 51.4 million now the thunder in an interesting spot because they've got those giant trade exceptions so Mm -hmm. they can very easily stay over the cap as well but um i don't think they will san antonio 47.7 million um big chunk of change there for the spurs as they kind of remake their team a little bit around all those young guards and wings that they have Uh, dallas 34.5 million uh, then let's see, I'm just trying to stay in order here. Toronto, 28.4 million, and that's if they let Lowry walk. Um, some of that's going to go to Gary Trent Jr., of course, um, but he'll have a low enough cap hold. They'll be able to do kind of their shopping first and then reside Trent after. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets, 24.2 million. And then you get into teams that could be kind of swing teams that could either stay over or they could go under. So you get the Detroit Pistons, could get it get to about 13.9 million. The Cavs could get under with a couple of moves if they really wanted to go that route. Um so not a ton of teams with cap space. Um teams though that are interesting, Charlotte, New mm-hmm. York, that are playing better, San Antonio. I could see a guy kind of saying all right, I can go there and be the guy to put this group over the top. Uh, the Thunder, they've got all those interesting younger pieces, uh, 5 million draft picks they you know are going to be packaged together in trades at some point going forward. Um, and then the one team that is really, really interesting to me is the Memphis Grizzlies because they are sitting on a $13 million team auction for Justice Winslow. If they, they exercise that, they stay over the cap. If they decide to let that go and they were to renounce it, they can have about 22 million in cap space, um, which gets really interesting for that team if they looked at it and said, "Is there one big guy who can put us over the top?" Probably not, but could we flush out our rotation with you know two or three players, you know, making you know six, seven million dollars? That starts to be a little bit different, and that's where um, that's really interesting to me. And with Winslow, you didn't really give up much to get him. You haven't seen enough of him to feel really confident right. that you're going to move forward with him, um, right? Because he's been constantly hurt. Even when he finally got healthy, uh, he got hurt again immediately. So it was um, one of those things where I was kind of playing around with some stuff, and I was like, Memphis could get really interesting here if they wanted to go in a different direction without Winslow.
0: You know, they're, they're a team that could look at things, and they could see a buyer's market coming this offseason because, uh, like you said, there's there's not that much – out there, there's, there's not going to be a lot of landing spots for some of these guys, especially after like the kind of the top guys go off the market, and so they could see that if they are a little bit patient and they let a couple of teams burn through some of their cap space, they would be able to swoop in, swoop in, and like you said, grab maybe two or three guys and solidify themselves as a playoff team in the West. They've kind of been hovering right now as that kind of fringe team. But with some young players, you get some health and you get you get some better luck in that regard. And then you add in a few pieces. And next thing you know, they're looking at themselves maybe being a five or six seed or something like that in the Western Conference. And that's a nice step up for them as a young team and can maybe put them on a positive uh, trajectory moving forward. So I would imagine that's probably the plan for them, like you said, they haven't gotten a lot out of Justice Winslow, so why not make mm-hmm. that move and see if you can can come in here, grab a few of those pieces, and then solidify your standing in the West?
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and of course, right, they always have the option to just you know pick that up, hope they get more out of Winslow, sure. and then roll that decision in the next offseason. But but that gets a little harder because in that next year, you're going to have Jaron Jackson Jr. on probably what's the first year of a new contract. Um, That's probably going to be a pretty big deal, even though he's missed the entirety of this season so far. Um, But, you know, I think we're there. And then you've only got one more year, John Morant, uh, after that um, on the rookie scale. So you're really starting to get into a point where, all right, if we're going to put these pieces around these guys, we got to do it now. Because once those guys get too expensive, you can't do it later. And and one thing, too, Memphis is the one four in a row here they are not only two games behind dallas for seventh, mm-hmm. only three games behind portland for sixth. so they are starting to really play pretty good um and they're in jackson is gonna come back at some point right they said that at some point in april they expect him to play um so when, when that is we'll see Um, but even if he can only give them 15 minutes a night that's absolutely huge for that team so they're they're really starting to push up the standing so that's that's where I think they're a team that just getting into the playoffs is, is important, get that experience. And then that will give them a sense of, all right, we we got in. We can't beat you know, Utah, Phoenix, either the L.A. teams or Denver right? right. whoever did a playing in the first round or at that level. But that just starts to give them an idea of this is what we need to get to that level. And I think that's where, it, um, you know, that's going to help guide them going into the summer um, of what, what their free agent decisions should be.
0: Alright Keith, I've got one more to hit you with here and this is a name that I am very curious about to see what happens with him this offseason and that is DeMar DeRozan with the San Antonio Spurs. I'm I'm compl- I don't know where an obvious landing spot for him is yeah. and especially his skill set not being that great of a fit in the modern NBA and yet at the same time he's a talented player who could help a lot of a lot of teams. What do you see happening with a veteran player like DeMar DeRozan? this coming off season,
1: yeah what's well, been really interesting and this really kind of came right out of the the bubble last year is mm-hmm. the spurs rebuilt themselves where they didn't have aldridge and those guys and they they built themselves around derozan as kind of this playmaking almost pseudo powerful yeah right well, we're gonna run offense through you we're gonna do all this stuff um that has really kind of opened things up for him right because now instead of being the swing man who dribbles into mid-range jumpers now it's dribble to your spot and then make a play for others too he's averaging seven assists per game that's amazing this year. 21.7 assists four and a half rebounds a night that's just you know who would have ever seen that come out of Dar- Demar Derozan at this point in his career, so you know, and his, yeah, he's never going to be a three-point shooter. He, he only takes one and a half per game now, so the fact that he shoots twenty-nine percent from there doesn't even hurt you. Uh, but great free throw shooter. Uh, still shoots pretty solidly, you know, considering what his shot profile is. Um, so, yeah, it's really, really interesting, right? And you, I'm glad you mentioned it before, right? You mentioned the Knicks, right? right. Years past, it would have been like, oh, well, he's
0: past, going to the Knicks.
1: <laughs> In a year on DeRozan, right? Um, I think with DeRozan, it almost doesn't matter if one of these teams goes and gets him um, because I think what can really help, um, it's not that it doesn't matter if they get him. It doesn't matter what they pay to get him. As long as you keep the deal to one or two years. Yeah. Right. One or two years, it's not going to hurt you. And if, you know, I could even see if Dallas strikes out on everybody else, I could see DeRozan fitting in there, okay. Right. Because you've got enough guys who shoot from deep and Luca and Porzingis and a lot of the other players on that roster. I think you could have DeRozan kind of put him in there and say, all right, do your thing as a playmaker and a uh, secondary attack guy and those kind of things around Luca. And that could really, um, you know, help them you know move things forward there with another guy because we saw that happen to them last year in the playoffs and i think we're unfortunately going to see a similar story when a playoff defense has to is able to focus everything on luca it gets really hard for them to create right. a lot of offense he's great and he can still make it happen to some extent but it does get difficult so that's that is something that i think um a team where he could be a fit so but yeah you know, you want to give him 25 million yeah fine just only do for a year or two you know and i think DeRozan could honestly make himself a good chunk of change the rest of his career if he's willing to do things like that i also wonder if maybe the spurs are like hey you want to finish it out here now run it back you know we'll give you you know yeah we'll give you 28 million on a on the first year of a descending contract over the next few years, because he really has he's adapted his game into this playmaking four type of role. He's really become an interesting, you know, good player for them.
0: That, that's an interesting idea with him just staying with the Spurs, because it, it's it felt like a split has been coming for a couple of years yeah. now between DeRozan and the Spurs, <laughs> and you wonder if they get to the offseason and both sides, DeRozan and the Spurs, kind of look around and go, well, we don't really have any better options. So (laughs) (laughs) they, they just, they both settle and and decide to uh, decide to stay together. I wonder if that's going to be the case. I think my, my prediction, Keith is, is this, I can't say a specific team that he's going to go to. Uh, If he does go somewhere other than San Antonio though, he's going to be that guy where out of the blue, he signs somewhere and we all go, Oh yeah, I forgot about him. Oh, that's actually a really good signing, you know, and he'll wind up being a difference maker somewhere.
1: And the, and he's going to be somebody who a lot of people are like, whoa, he averaged seven assists. Yep, exactly. Last year? Like, wait, I didn't realize because yeah, because right? yeah, I mean, we're guilty of it too. A lot of people don't watch the Spurs, no. right? It's there's been you know there's this, still this hangover from twenty years of seeing them, and it's like God, they're so boring. I never really personally thought that. I thought they were fun, yeah. um, to watch just the way they move the ball it's, and play defense. But it's their announced yeah, crew. It, 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 well, they're, they're tough. <laughs> that is true. Um, I, I generally pick the other feed on yep. direct TV, um, <laughs> but it's a uh, but yeah. I, so I get it. But yeah, you're right. People are gonna be like, oh, and I think we're gonna get a lot of like that much for Demar Derozan. Sure. Then then you're gonna have some of those same people be like, well, actually, I looked at the fit. And I looked at his numbers. That's not as bad as I thought, right? That that'll be uh, well, one of the things I think we'll hear. Uh, the last thing I'll say on him too is it'd be kind of cool if him and Kyle Lowry teamed up somewhere yeah, you know, we're, we're we're together again. I think that would be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that certainly would be. I like that idea too. Well, look, the the big names may not be out there unless Kawhi Leonard goes and jumps to Miami. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> going to speak that into existence, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> um, but bit, yeah, I
1: can see why you would like that yeah
0: it wouldn't make me sad so the uh, there aren't a lot of big names out there on the market but I still think there's going to be some interesting moves this offseason a lot of teams have set themselves up with what they've done over the last month or so to prepare for the offseason, as well as the teams that have prepared by adding pieces and, and moving things around in order to get ready for the NBA playoffs coming up. So a lot of stuff going on in the NBA still. And, of course, Keith, we've got a ton to break down as we start getting ready for the playoffs, which, believe it or not, are now, what, a little over a month away? Like, how is yeah. how is this possible? This season is flying crazy. by right now. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and we get the play in, you know, co- yep. coming up too. It's yeah, it's nuts. yeah. What it's a month from next week. That's right, right. So I think we're about five weeks out from the season wrapping up. Season normally ends on a Wednesday. Then the playoffs open uh, that weekend. This year, the regular season ends on a Sunday. Then there's a day off or two, and then you get the play in. Uh, process will play out. Um, the the three game play in, uh, tournament there, and then then we'll get into the um. Yeah, them right into the playoffs on that weekend so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy and it's gonna be honest before we know where it's like man the season at times is even though it's been a short season there's been times where it's felt like this season is just mm-hmm. kind of
0: it's been just, a grind
1: like we're just grinding to the playoffs you know and, and um but yeah but once it's here it's gonna it's gonna be like, how did this happen you know, exactly. how did we get here
0: yep yep it's like the end of a school year right Those last, those last couple of months, you're like, oh my God, I'm never going to get there. And then the final three weeks, like, go by lightning fast yep. it's just it's the way it goes and
1: if you're on the teacher side it's like holy crap i gotta do all this stuff to close out the year and if you're on the student side it's like how are you to get those grades up any extra credit
0: <laughs> yep <laughs> on the last day mr lane what can i what can i do to bring my grade up well you could have turned in your work six weeks ago but
1: <laughs> six weeks ago six months ago. <laughs> exactly yeah it wouldn't
0: whatever <laughs> all right everybody thanks for thanks for joining us let us know what you think in the comments down below if you're watching over on the lakers nation youtube channel. Don't forget, make sure you do subscribe and turn on those notifications. If you're listening to the podcast version over on the NBA front office show feed on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe We do appreciate those five-star reviews. Keith, good time as always, man. Let's do this again next week.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Looking forward to it.
0: All right, guys. Till then, stay safe and see you.